Welcome back, everyone, to the LX3 podcast. I remain Kamsi Orinze, and with me, I have um, the one and only Olashibumi Olawipo. And today, we'll be coming to you with something different. We have a special guest. We have an alumni of the, the- honorable, the great Alabama A&M University. And today she'll be speaking to us about professional life, growing your professional life. So I'm going to introduce you to our guest. Okay, so I'll go ahead and start. Hi everyone, I'm Timka. I am a 2013 graduate of Alabama a and University and I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. We're excited to have you here also. And, you know, we can't wait for you to drop some gems for us and, you know, the many collections that will be listening to this podcast. All right, let's get things going. Uh, so do you uh, mind uh, telling us about, you know, what you're currently doing right now, your side also, things you're doing right now you know, that might be interesting to our um, audience? Sure. So my current role is I work for American Express, um, where I am a manager and my my job right now consists of kind of developing and innovating new ideas for what it means to work at American Express um, and how do you kind of bring the external perspective to a company that's been in existence since 1850. Right. So that's my current job. And then on the side, I run a small uh, career consulting business where I help um, early and mid- mid-level career professionals. Um, develop their resumes, develop their LinkedIn profiles, um, and really do a lot of career coaching around uh, confidence and how do you set yourself up for success. That's great. So you, your, your side hustle is career consulting, which is different from your actual occupation. So why did you choose yeah. your career path? Like, why did you choose to be, what, why you studied? What, why did you choose what you studied in Alabama a Sure. So um, I guess I'll tell the career journey part. Um, so I graduated from a and in 2013 with a finance degree. And I actually started my career in investment banking. I worked at Barclays for two years where I covered debt media. Sorry, <laughs> debt. <laughs> I covered tech media and telecom companies as a debt capital markets analyst. Um, and I stayed on Wall Street for a couple of years, but ultimately I think it was more of a, I don't really see myself being a managing director. I don't see myself in this job forever. Um, and I decided to cut my losses and leave when I left and I worked as a crisis management, corporate crisis management consultant, um, and did that for three years and <clears throat> finally went to business school. So I graduated in May from the Wharton School, the number one business school in the world, um, we actually rank higher than some other schools that you may think so. Um, and graduated from there. And while I was at Wharton, I kind of realized that along my career journey, one of the things that I really enjoyed the most, even in investment banking and even as a consultant, was working with people um, and was the people aspect of, well, how do you get to the next level? How do you think about your career journey? How do you put all those pieces together? Um, and so... A, that inspired my move to American Express in my current role, and then B, further, it inspired my side hustle journey at the moment. Wow, awesome. You've really done a lot of, you know, 
at a very young age and you know that's quite fascinating and you know that's kind of like a role model figure to us you know to kind of get things going and you know just exploring even when things aren't comfortable for us so you know why is it important to you know start building your professional um life early on in college you know by doing internships by getting yourself out there and things like that is the, the question is why did i do it or how did i do it or both why is it important to start doing it early on um i think it just gives you practice right alabama AM is just one small small very very small piece of the broader world mm -hmm. um and especially now when i was in college instagram didn't even it wasn't popular until like my junior year right so I didn't have, we didn't have like, and maybe I just wasn't on the platform until my junior year, right? But I wasn't all, we weren't exposed to all that you all are exposed to now. Um, and I think that you have the benefit of seeing there are so many options for what I can do. I need to start exploring that today. Don't wait, right? Because then you become a senior and you're like, oh man, I should have interned my freshman year. I should have you know, talk to that corporate person a while ago, I should have interviewed XYZ, and you kind of locked yourself into a position where there's nowhere to go. Um, so my advice, and the reason why you want to start early is because you want to explore as many options as you can, that's the point of college, um, before you kind of step out and graduate and start on your professional journey. So you said you work at American Express. And I'm very sure American Express doesn't just choose anybody to come work for them. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So what did you do different? Um, you know, I think that I came when I was at, so at first I think I got into Wharton, right? Let's start there. And quite frankly, I had the credentials that they were looking for. Um, but I think for young, the young folks, I say it like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even 30 y'all, but for the younger people out there, when you think about um, how do I intern at Goldman in college, right? Like I know folks from HBCUs who were at Goldman or at Barclays when I was there or, you know, worked at a hedge fund. Like how do I do those things in college? It's literally consistent excellence from you know, joining that club, being in that school leader position, um, saying, I'm going to give everything I do my all, right, and not kind of picking the easy road, or quite frankly, not half-assing what you're doing, um, because then you're able to show con a consistent pattern of excellence, and that'll take you to the next level, to be able to say, I could handle being president of, you know, the honors program, that was and I and I did it and I did it well and let me explain to you what I'm gonna do next, right? So it's a consistency of excellence over time. Oh that's interesting. So um I have a question. Speaking going back to Wharton. Um so Wharton is like a prestigious um business school, it's part of the best. And so my question is two questions actually, you know, what's life at Wharton as compared to you know your college life? And you know, also, you know, um the syllabus of Wharton, is it more of like practical or like more of theoretical? So I'll answer the first question. Well, I'll answer the second first and then go to the first question. So the the Wharton experience is what we call both lecture and case study, right? So I do have a professor that, you know, in the corporate finance, 
for example, corporate valuation, my professor is not giving me a case study every week saying, can you read Apple? You know, like we went through that in class and then we would have regular homework. Like you go open the book, do these problems, et cetera. Um, and it was, it's what we call experiential. So um, I had classes where um, the class was actually to work with a small business, right? To help them think about a marketing strategy, like an actual business and to be their CMO for the semester, right? So experience and um, actual theory, you're learning theory. And we did the case study model, which is separate from both those things where you're given a business case, probably, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 pages. Um, so it gives full backstory, context, this is the problem. And then you come to class and discuss the solution, right? And the idea is you're able to learn from your classmates because, you know, Jim Bob may have worked in Nigeria at the World Bank, right? But I worked in PR. And so we have two different perspectives that we're both able to kind of assign to the company to answer your second question. So it's a the answer is it's a mix of both. Okay. And then your first question was, remind me. Okay, so the first question is, you know, what's like life like and, you know, the workload in terms of, you know, college compared to business? Yeah. Um, so one was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a, it, but I would say most people that come to Wharton or who aren't coming to, you aren't coming, it's not like you're coming straight out of college, right? Like everyone has worked and you've had real responsibility. So you know what it's like to go to work on time, show up, meet the deadline, and then go home. Um, so Warren was a lot of work and it was a lot of fun. It was a break from a corporate experience. Um, we had a really large, um, powerful, I would say we're powerful, uh, Black at Wharton group, if you student union, whatever you wanna call it. Um, and besides that, you know, I got involved in other activities um, and, you know, it was, in a lot of ways, a joy to step away from the working world for two years and to go back to school um, and to really get to know people from all walks of life. So it wasn't just school and you go home. It was like, oh, I'm going to dinner with so-and-so down the street. Oh, so-and-so is in my building. Let me go say hi. Let me go to this dance event, right? Like we had all these random events that you wouldn't expect in business school. Um, and so I really, really enjoyed it. I think Wharton was the best the best experience that I could have chosen for myself. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so that's a lot about your career. So let's go to your side hustle. Sure. So if we're talking about career consulting, you know, we're going to bring up things like LinkedIn, resume. And a lot of times people give rules of, oh, you should do this, you should do that. I think it's better to know what you shouldn't do so you just know that's out of the way so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't, and LinkedIn don't like don't do this yeah. just never <laughs> so let's start with resume don't do not have grammar and spelling errors in your resume mm -hmm. so that means you need to write it read it step away come back print it out you know, write on it, whatever it takes to make sure that that document is as perfect um, as it can be, number one. Number two, your resume should not be more than two pages, period. And I would say for college folks, it should only be one page. I'm seeing, I am seeing folks 
you know, you know, young people with two years of work experience with a two page resume. I'm like, where, where are you going? What's going on here? One page. Well, I mean, literally, I'm working on a literally I'm working on a resume now with someone with 20 years experience and his resume is two pages. My res- my current resume, as it stands today, is only a page. So I don't want to just don't give me excuses about my resume has to be two pages at 23. It just doesn't. It just is unnecessary. Um, and then my final, I'll give you three. And then my final resume don't um, is, I guess it's a do and a don't, but the biggest piece is don't be afraid to say exactly what you do on your resume. It should not be what the team did, because mm-hmm. we're not talking about the team, we're talking about you. It should not be what Jim Bob did, because he didn't. he's not applying for the job you're applying for, right? it should be what you are doing and you should like really, I notice a lot of people have um, fear around that. They're not comfortable in saying I started X, I developed X, I innovated, I created, I crafted, you facilitated, you did all these great things, but you don't know how to put it on the paper. Um, Oh, and then my last quick don't, last quick don't is don't lie on your resume. Just don't do it. Um, because you never know what comes back to bite you in the butt. So just don't lie. That's my don't for resume. So how about your LinkedIn don'ts? Because, you know, LinkedIn is a big platform to, you know, network with. Yeah. You know, LinkedIn is like turning into like Facebook to me. It's just been real. People are saying a lot of things on LinkedIn. So here are my, here are my thoughts. I like LinkedIn engagement. So I like the fact that people are posting articles or sharing, you know, stories or writing their own thoughts. But you should not be posting every day. This is not, it's not Twitter. It's not Facebook. Unless you're posting things that are relevant to your career or to someone you're interested in or or your accomplishments. Honestly, you shouldn't really be posting more than two or three times a week. Um, I think commenting and liking things are okay, but be careful about what you comment and like, right? Because people, your connections can see what you comment and like, um, and what you post. So I don't necessarily go and like and comment on everything because A, is not, I mean, everything is in your business and you shouldn't be doing that. But B, right, you just need to be thoughtful about, oh, my teacher boss could see this one day. Um, and then I think the final thing on LinkedIn is be careful what you share. I saw this happen the other day where a this guy was a C-suite executive um, in, a, in, a, in an industry, we'll say in an industry, and he shared uh, a fake article, a fake news article. Wow. And then he he like, you know, gave actual commentary. He was like, this is completely crazy. This makes no sense. And people were in the comments, and it went viral, of course. And people were in the comments like, "This is fake. You didn't, you know, this is clearly satire." You, and it just was kind of like, check your sources. You shouldn't be, you know, read the article before you share it. Don't just share a headline. And that also remains true. That also remains true for Facebook um, and Twitter. Think about your overall professional kind of picture that you're painting. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So now that we're in um, your side also, you know, talk right now. So I'd like to ask, you know, what really inspired you to, you know, create a career consulting um, business? 
Yeah. One of the big inspirations was that when I was uh, at A&M, my sophomore year, headed into my junior year, I got into two programs. So I got into MLP, Management Leadership for Tomorrow, Career Prep. Um, and then I got into SEO, Sponsors for Educational Opportunity, Career Prep. And I would say both of those programs in total changed my life. I would not have gotten on Wall Street had it not been for those programs. I would not, I think, have had the ambition that I've had over the years because of those programs. I wouldn't even have the network because um, I still have friends from junior year from that program who were at schools all around the nation and I still the I still text and tweet and, and keep up with them. Um and so both of those programs were dedicated and are dedicated because they're still active and I would encourage, highly encourage any business minded um you know AM juniors and seniors to apply. Uh, both of those programs were focused on black, um, Hispanic and Native American uh, minorities, underrepresented minorities, and promoting them in the field of business, right? So you had a career coach with MLP, someone who had worked for many years. I think my coach, Coach Valerie worked at Goldman for like 12 years. So she came in and was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. Fix this. No, you don't say that. Don't, don't do that, right? Um, and then my SEO coach, Andrea O'Neill, who currently works for MLP, um, I remember one time I sent her an email that said like, yes, ma'am. And she said, we are not in 1965. Don't say that to me. Don't, you know, like this is not how you conduct yourself in a corporate setting. And I think those two programs changed my life. And um, if I'm able to offer an ounce of what they gave me to someone else, I've done my job. I'm, I'm living in my purpose, right? Um, so that's my focus and that's how I think about it. So. Whereas MLP and SEO are more focused on underrepresented minorities, you know, I help everybody. Mm-hmm. Folks need help, right? Um, and um, I would say I am focused on early and mid-career professionals. So you're already graduated. You're already out the MLP SEO pool, right? And you're in that first or second job and you're like, dang, I'm ready to leave. How do I get out? Um, so that's what, that's what has spurred the entrepreneurial pursuits at the moment. Okay. All right. So, okay. One more question about um, concerning your side also. Um, so do you have um, any plans on like scaling your um, side also to, you know, major business and things like that? Yeah. I, you know, I really like my health insurance paid for by somebody <laughs> else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so I think maybe further, further, further down the line, but I actually really like my day job too. I'm going to be honest. And I think that there is nothing wrong with keeping your nine to five and still wanting to do something on the side. Um, and I say, you know, I think time will tell, but I'm really enjoying my day job. Um, and so as long as I'm able to effectively do both and give my all to both, I will continue to do both. So you mentioned, you mentioned something during your talk about, um, career consultant, you working in a job and getting them, you had a mentor that told you you shouldn't reply to a certain tech, to a certain email a certain way. So I'm glad that I have a career consultant at my front right now, because there sometimes I'm like, should yeah. I say thank you? Or it's all right, that's good. Or like, 
how do you know how to respond, like respond in a formal way? Yeah. So I am a fan of just keeping it respectful, A, but also just being casual, right? Like your director or your managing director or the person you report to is still a person. Mm-hmm. They aren't some like far off, you know, person that like lives in a castle. Like, no, they are working <laughs> in front of Zoom just like you. There's no need to be overly formal um with them now you let me say this being informal does not mean being overly casual either right you're not texting you're not saying lol you're not (laughs) you know you're not using emojis i mean you kind of want to observe my biggest piece of advice is when you get to a new role your internship your job whatever observe what the language is observe how do emails how are emails sent to me like what do they say do they have exclamation points do they not? Should I use them? Should I not? Right? Like, you want to take the cues from the company you're joining. Um, I'll give you a great example. So when I was a banker, we didn't use exclamation points. Now, we said thank you. We were, you know, pleasant. But it wasn't like, thank you, exclamation point. Like, <laughs> period. Like, thanks. Good job. Period. Right? And then when I got to my new job, people were like, hello. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, you know, and, and and then I adjusted to the new role, right? Because that's the communication style that they use. So that's my advice is observe, follow their lead. Um, and then you can kind of start to be yourself once you've been there a little while and you're able to kind of catch up to what people are doing. Okay, um, so um, we spoke about your um, titles, we spoke about your main business. So for people like us, in especially student, you know, that, you know, they have school, they have a job, they have mm-hmm. uh, trying to get internships, trying to, you know, do the right thing. So, and they want also have that entrepreneurial mindset like you. So what would be your advice on like starting that, starting that side also, mm-hmm. and, you know, building it up to be profitable and known? Mm-hmm. I would say just start. Okay. Just start, A. B, make sure you know what you're talking about. I just, I'm saying I see a lot of, especially on Instagram, y'all have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and people are, are like, I'm a Forex expert. But if you're like, you were you were like 15. What you talking about? Like, and it's not saying you can't be an expert, but I'm over here like, well, let me see some credentials, right? Like, what exactly do you know? And so be prepared to back up what you're saying, right? To be able to say, this is what I did. This is what I'm telling you not to do, <laughs> right? Or um, I've experienced this success because I know X, Y, Z. I think that when I was in college, I just thought I knew so much. I was so arrogant. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I, I am frankly a little surprised. I still have some friends from back then because I was, my head was so... Wow. I was like, I'm going to Wall Street. And, <laughs> yeah. and then I got to Wall Street. I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm Big piece of humble pie. So that is my advice is like really be thoughtful about your business and really say, do I know what I'm talking about? Um, and be humble enough to say, I don't know, right? And I'm still humble enough to say, I don't know. I had to turn down a client the other day because I was like, sis, I can't help you. I don't. It's just not my it's not my lane. I'm gonna stay in my lane, right? Because I know what I'm good at and I know what I can do. 
and I'm still learning about what the stuff, the, the things that you need me to help you in, right? And so I can't help you, but I'm gonna find somebody that can. Gotcha. All right. So back to you said something about you know when you got to Wall Street, you kind of became humble and all. So was that like you know when you got, when you got to Wall Street, you got a little bit of you know imposter syndrome? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when I joined my banking class in 2013, I was the only um black woman in my analyst class so out of 200 people you're like oh it's, it's just me that's it um coming from a m right coming from a place where everybody looked like me um and so or you know most people or whatever and so that was first step of eating some humble pie and then i think when i got to my the, the desk to the trading floor I quickly realized that, like, I didn't really know what I needed to know, right? Like, I was, yeah, I passed my series exam, right? But I knew how to study for an exam. I knew how to pass an exam, but but was I able to take the information and actually apply it to real life? No. So that first, those first six months, I... I, you know, I always joke and say investment banking was the best, worst first job because it taught me how to join a company, how to learn quickly, how to get up to speed, you know, how to be a fast intaker of knowledge, how to be professional in all these great things, right? Um, But those first six months were really, 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 I still look back and feel like I don't know how I did it, right? Because I was working... I would get to work every day at seven and I would leave it seven, you know, between seven and seven thirty and I would leave work at midnight, one, eleven, every every night. It was a consistent because I just had to stay and learn. I was like, I I I can't get fired, right? So to your question about imposter syndrome, I think part of it was a real like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the other part was like, oh my God. They're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then they're going to fire me, right? And so um, those first six months were pure. I was running off adrenaline of imposter syndrome, right? But then I think one day something clicked where it all made sense, where I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I understand what we're doing for our clients. I understand what my managing director is doing, because that's a big one. Do you understand what the people above you were doing, right? Um I understand how the strategy all ties together within the broader bank, right? Because Barclays is a British bank. So how do we work with our British colleagues to kind of think about the broader bottom line? Um, and so it took time. And my biggest lesson there is, hey, give yourself grace, which I didn't do. So I learned to do that. Give yourself time. Give yourself a moment to kind of learn what people are doing. Right. And then once you're able to say, hey, okay, I get it, then you're able to kind of bring your full self to work and be authentic and say, here's my here's my opinion on X, Y, Z. So you also mentioned something about being arrogant in college. (laughs) Many of us experience it. I understand why, you know, we in in high school, we have these Mm -hmm. positions and we think, oh, we're the best there. That's the problem. We're the best there. And we come here and we're like, you look like my friend. You might be on the same level. So I'm just going to look down on you. And then you realize you really don't know anything. So 
how do you what do you have any approach to being humble like actually saying um yeah you guys think i do but like to be honest i really don't i don't know this stuff <laughs> i think that's step one is actually admitting i don't know right i don't know everything i still don't I'm, i will never know everything it's like it would be crazy of me to walk around and be like i know exactly what you're going through i don't know right and it may be on me to kind of take a step back and let me listen to what you're seeing right um let me just digest and hear your perspective let me learn about where you're from um i think you know that's one of the biggest pieces of being vulnerable in your day-to-day -day life is saying i i don't have knowledge i am not aware could you explain to me further could you talk to me like i'm a five-year-old i still use that one even at work i'm like okay so just break it down for me one more time like i'm five because i'm not quite getting it right um and and doing stepping into that kind of mind frame is what helps you stay humble right um and you know i think that's important because like i said a and m where you're from you your little town all this stuff is like one very small piece in a big old world and so who are you to say oh i know what i'm doing all the time you don't that's you know and there's a difference between being confident right and being arrogant mm -hmm. um and so i want us to have confidence yes but should we be arrogant no Okay, so you said you worked at the investment bank and you know you worked at several places. So, so um, you know, and also you you've been working at working at an investment bank. You probably invest yourself. So you know, for college um, students, you know, are interested in things like that. You know, what would be like the entry steps to take? You know, to invest in. I think my biggest piece of advice is just to do your research. Um, so you should know, you know, what is an emergency fund. What is a 401k? What is a Roth 401k? When you think about I'm starting to work, right? Like you got to start saving for your future self. Um, and then thinking about investing, I just would say be very careful because oftentimes when you're investing in college, you're either investing with your student loans or your little side money from, you know, working at whatever job, right? I worked at Ann Taylor when I was at NM. Um, and so, if you need that money, just be very careful about the money you put into the market. How you put it into the market? Are you buying mutual funds? Are you buying ETFs? Are you, um, you know, putting it all in Apple stock? I mean, it really depends on how soon you need it, right? And I think that's the other other thing to think about is how soon do I need this money I'm investing? So if you are a senior and you come across five thousand dollars. But you have, you know, you're going to have to move to New York City and you're going to need that $5,000. I don't know if putting it in the stock market is the right move. Because as we can, as we see, it's very volatile. You can lose 30% of your investment in one day. And then you sit there looking dumb. Because <laughs> you done lost. <laughs> you're sitting there like, dang, I lost over $1,000. I need at least 5000 to move. And I'm down X amount. Like, be smart about it. Um. And my personal rule with investing is I don't invest money that I need, uh, that I immediately need within the next five years, right? So I have an emergency fund, yay me. <laughs> and I invest, I set aside a budget every month for investing um, that I'm able to kind of transition into that way. Okay, so 
the last question for sure. So, although you have you your on the right lane, you've always been in the right lane for the most of the time. People still like everyone still would have liked to make changes from the beginning, if not because it would have been way better. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what advice? Like as you've been saying, talking like on Fabio. So, if you were a freshman, like this was you, like yeah, like, were dressed up as you as a freshman. Uh, what dorm did you stay? I stayed at night. Yeah, so we were at night, and we were <laughs> we were at night right now. What would you tell your freshman self? So you're in the future, and we're just yeah. here. I would tell her to a a yeah, you're getting a finance degree, but you need to learn more about personal finance. It took me a long time to get to get that together. I would have started that early. Um. I would have, you know, enjoyed myself a little bit more in college. In college, I was really, like, uptight and, like, I got to go study. But, like, sis, you literally go study forever. Like, enjoy your life. I didn't do that until later on. I would have really leaned into really having fun in undergrad. Um, and then I think also be humble, see like relax you don't know everything and you don't need to know everything I think that is a fear that a lot of us have especially young we're like I need to know what's gonna happen it's kind of like no just get comfortable with being uncomfortable right now and then I think the last thing I would tell myself as a freshman would be to continue to build solid relationships and I'm blessed in that a lot of my friends from freshman year are still my friends um and I would tell myself to continue to lean into that, right? And and do something that you thought you couldn't have done. Um, and so, yeah, that's my advice. Awesome. That's some good advice. So um, what would you, like, if I just want to, you know, reach out to you, contact you, or, you know, just give a shout out, <laughs> can they follow you on any social media platform? Sure. So you can find me <clears throat> on LinkedIn by my name, Tim Lockhart. Um, you can find me on Instagram. So my business Instagram is Courageous Leaps LLC. So Courageous Leaps LLC, all one word. Um, my personal Instagram is at Timka Lockhart. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter, Timka underscore Lockhart. And yeah, that's where I am. Okay. All right. Thank you for being here. It was really awesome talking to you. Really I awesome. learned a lot. a lot. I had a lot of fun. Thank you all for sticking with us. That was a wonderful podcast. I'm sure you enjoyed it. I was smiling the whole time. Like some experiences. Just like, wow. So as usual, if you could listen to this, like, consider subscribing. Share it to your friends. You can find us on Instagram at DLX3. You can find us on Twitter at DLX3 underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at D underscore Kamsi. And you can find... You can find me on Instagram at DLX3. So thank you once again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.